Give me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire. Can I say something that I think is bullshit? During food? Yes, we sell out. He also told me he was on acid. Yeah, you better wash that mic off. I was gonna fill it up with my own urine. Alcoholica. And I talked about digging a hole in a fucking dirt, smoking hash through the ground. Oh, I don't know, there's all kinds of shit. And shower filled with women. Sit your ass down, Lara. Shoot a pair of woman's legs walking down the street. Eight women washing you down at once, you know? Come on up here, Lars points to me. <laughs> And his skin is bubbling like on the Toxic Avenger. Boyfriends and dads looking for me. Ten minutes. Singing along, fucking along, doing this something to fuck along. Here we go! This is Phil Toll, and you're listening to Pan Podcast for All. Jab another pin, jab another pin in my throat, Jeff. It's like I, there's a frog leaving in there. You've heard that expression before? Yes, yes. You've got a froggy voice. And oh, my God. You sound awfully tired, man. What a weekend. What a weekend. Uh, aside from the pin in my throat, welcome back to a podcast for all. I'm Shane Obershaw. Yes, and I am Jeff Winslow. Season 6, episode 11. I feel sorry for the first-timers that are listening to us because of the hundreds of people I met this weekend, I'm sure they're tuning in for the first time going, what the fuck is wrong with this guy's voice? Oh, no, no, no. I think they understand after, you know, spending a weekend screaming at the top of your lungs and probably getting a Dude. little emotional. Let's, let's face it. Anybody that's been listening to the show knows that Friday night was a big night for you. It was a emotional. There's not just a pin in my throat. There's a tear coming down. I forgot what cheek it was, but it, it actually <laughs> happened. Dude, it happened. That's crazy. It's crazy. And I, I wish so badly that I could have been there, but I was there in spirit. I was watching the show, and I, I, yes. got, I got goosebumps when it started, and I instantly like <laughs> grabbed my phone, and I had to text you. I was like, dude, and I knew you were too busy at the time to check it, and you would get to it eventually, but I was like, oh, man, this is, this is making his night. I was getting hounded. You know what I realized for the first time is how short Trapped Under Ice is? is it is a very short song and it's funny that they played that because i've been listening to 
a band called As They Lay Dying. Their singer did a little side project. It's kind of a joke metal band called Austrian Death Machine where he pretends to be Arnold Schwarzenegger and it's like heavy metal, you know, parodies. But anyways, on one of their CDs, they actually have a cover of Trapped Under Ice. And then like the intro wow. is Arnold talking about Metallica and how they had this premonition of when he played, you know, the Iceman and Batman and Robin there, he's like, somehow they knew all the lines and this and that. It's like, you know, that's cool. Total parody, but it's just funny that they played that song and I just happened to come across it again. I'd forgot that they'd done that. That's cool. What's it called again? Austrian death machine. Austrian death machine. I got to check that out. Yeah. Trapped under ice. It's, it's, it's all screaming. So you got to, you know, but it's 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 cool. The the fact that that's a rare song that you not only you don't hear Metallica play, but you wouldn't think of someone covering that song either. So yeah, who sits down and goes, "I think we're going to cover Metallica," and I think it's going to be trapped. trapped under ice. Yeah, this isn't the blacklist. This is trapped under ice. Night one, first two songs. I mean, they come out with a bang, hit the lights. It was it was awesome to see that James with the old school V. Obviously, into creeping death, which yes. you know I was very happy about, yes. uh, and then trapped under ice. You hear, you hear the riff. What instantly? What, what's going on? Is because I mean, at that point, you're already obviously excited. You've Disbelief. had two, you've had two bangers right in your face, and now yes. trapped under ice. Before I get into the details of trapped for our first time listeners of the show, for our returning subscribers and fans, this is being recorded on a Monday night so we can make our deadline by Wednesday morning. There'll be no tracks, no samples, no craziness. We're not even having a guest. We're hitting record. We're plowing through. Raw, Dude, uncut, pure conversation. I have no agenda for tonight, Jeff, so I would like to talk about the weekend in Frisco and get into parts of night one, and then part two will be night two. Is that cool with you? Yeah, that works. That's perfect, man. Cool. What I was saying was... I. <clears throat> a frog and a pin in me there. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Man, this is tough. From dun da 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 dun da 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 yep. to the end of that song, I realized how short it was because when everyone realized what it was, literally 15 to 20 of our friends and in Podcast for All alumni, we were all together on the floor. Yeah. We're like congratulating me and hugging me and high-fiving me <laughs> and wanting to put me up on their shoulders like you were the fucking Tom Brady MVP of the Super Bowl. Like you were Rudy getting carried off the field. <laughs> That's what it was. And it was like, it was partly, I was partly in disbelief and I'm not, I'm not going to lie, absolutely emotional. Who gets emotional over a thrash song, which is what I was thinking. You know, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Was, I could see that happening just because of the significance of it and the fact of what that yes. night was, what the weekend was, yes. and the fact that we have been talking about it for so long. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure at, at one point throughout, uh, throughout the season, you said something about it being within the first three songs, too, in the set. Which is, I think I joked about them opening with that. It was or, something, or, or I said, "Open with Red Fran, play Trap, Trap, and then Fixer." And I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" That was so, what I mean, night one turned out to be. That's so close that it happened oh, to it be, you know. But it, it was meant to be. It was it was truly meant to be. 
So as I'm getting carried off like Rudy and like <laughs> wiping a tear from my eye because it was honestly just overwhelming. Yeah. People like Larry Levine and Brian Silver and Jason Garkowski come up to me. They're like, well, what the fuck are you going to talk about on your show anymore? Yeah, there's nothing to <laughs> complain about. I mean... I mean, let's face it. After seeing Trapped and Fixer, I mean, you can you, Dude. Can, you can just walk away and not even have to see him anymore. You could be and done. I th- I think the cherry on the Sunday was fucking bread fan was in there as well. It was it was too good to be true. It was it was too good to be. True. I was like, you have got to be kidding me! Of the weeks and weeks that you and I babble on here about those three songs, and they got in a little bit of Saint Anger in there too. Dude, it was. Did so, you know? Uh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, since we're, we were talking about that set a little bit, I get why they threw some hits in there. I get why. It didn't surprise me, but. It's just, I mean, I, I feel like we have to address the elephant in the room, which is that three-song okay. block before Fixer. I feel like every diehard fan that was there was not very happy with that. What was You're it? About one sad. sad and oh, yeah, one. Yes. One sad and then. Nothing. Yeah, like... <laughs> King nothing, nothing else. Yeah, exactly. So it was... I can refer to my list here. Did you notice on night one they went in um, chronological order of their career? Of their albums, huh? I wonder where they got that idea from. In Podcast for All, once again, we'll fire up our legal team and, and, pers- and pursue our options. <laughs> Sorry, what were you saying again as I pull up my... F- by the way, when you go to San Francisco for four days with a hundred of your best friends, you have three thousand photos to edit and delete from your phone. I mean, you do. I don't take a lot of photos. I've realized that. I, I think I do sometimes, and then like I'll go back and be like, "Oh yeah, let me go back and recap that moment." Oh wait. Oh oh wait. I don't. I don't have anything to recap it with. I was drunk during that moment, and my phone was dead. Yeah, I thought I took the picture, but I didn't. Dude, before before we get into what we were just talking about, I want you to know how many people said, hey, I listen to you. I subscribe to you guys. I, I love what you're doing. Keep up the good work. And I'm not bullshitting you, Jeff. Over 100 people, most of them that I did not know, said, where's Jeff? <laughs> oh, Why man. isn't Jeff here? Oh. Why aren't you guys recording here and doing a special and i said you know what some things happen and i'm not going to speak for you but you were you were missed more than you know dude it was it was cool to hear from people asking where the main man was i really appreciate all the love and the support and i wish so badly that i could have been there to everybody listening you know just sometimes things happen and it doesn't work out in your favor flying you know to San Francisco around Christmas time, it can get a little bit tricky. So it just, it didn't work out, but I hope to see slash meet all of you in the future. There will be plenty more shows. I'm sure that I will make Absolutely. it to, and I would love to hang out and party and, you know, tell crazy stories with all you guys. Something tells me we can pull off that Vegas show coming up in February and, and really Jeff likes Vegas, everybody. I, <laughs> I like Vegas a little too much. <laughs> I think he likes it more than San Francisco. Uh, yeah, it's a little bit warmer, too, on average. By the way, it's good to be back in America today after leaving San Francisco. Yeah, back in America. <laughs> I think it's funny. So so you're flying there, and within like the first like 
hour or so that you're there, I get a picture of some shit on a sidewalk. <laughs> I met Mr. Larry Levine from Pittsburgh for uh, lunch. We oh, met up man. with a couple people. Ginther was there. Larry met up with us. Literally walked out of this diner. I had to go to this hotel room because he gave us some amazing in podcast for all merch, as in the iron-on patches. Oh, yes, yes. Thank you very much, Larry. Thanks, bud. Thank and you. we're walking to the street. I said, dude, look out, look out. And he's like, what? I'm like, that's fucking human shit. <laughs> he goes, you got to be kidding me, or you got to be shitting me. Literally. You literally got to be shitting me, no pun intended. Well, maybe... We go up to this hotel room, come back down. Five minutes later, there's a new pile of shit oh outside the Hampton Inn. Now, oh, man. I'm also going to tell you that the city of San Francisco is paying the homeless. Well, reasons, I'm going to log off now. <laughs> reasons I don't know. Yesterday, I f- myself witnessed someone actually shitting up against a wall. You know who else pays the homeless? McDonald's and Walmart. That's a good point. Get a job application, people. I mean, it's not that hard. It's really not. No. kind of sucks. I'm not going to lie. Working isn't fun, but I mean, having... Well, it's better than sleeping in a sleeping bag. Exactly. And, you know, shitting on 4th and Mission Street. <laughs> Working sucks, but being homeless sucks more. It is It is a different It's a different world over there. there. It is. That city has so much to offer, but it is so overpopulated and packed you feel like you're in this hole when you're downtown and you can't escape it like that city just sucks you into it because you can't see further than two or three city blocks and right it feels like you're trapped not trapped under ice but trapped under shit for four days in sfo we're not trying to piss off our san francisco listeners no, but not. it's just they it's, might it's tough living it is tough living. I feel like living in any kind of big city is tough. San Francisco would be tough. L.A. would be tough. New York, Chicago. We went to a 50s diner, a bacon cheeseburger, and a Coke, 28 bucks. Oh, dude, that's like New York. Ubering from the Chase Center back to the hotel, 3.1 miles, $42. See, you know, when you start telling me these things, this is where I feel like I'm not so bummed that I wasn't there. <laughs> You're like, dude, I was on the comfort of my own couch watching Trapped Under Ice on my laptop. And on my laptop, I had it we I had it turned up. It was good. It wasn't quite obviously Chase, but you know, it's all right. I saved there you go. I saved a dollar or two on my cheeseburger. I, I probably had oh, some God, white castles. Dude. I'm scared to see the credit card bill after five days out there. <laughs> uh before we go any further, sixty one percent of APFA alumni was in San Francisco. 61%. That is crazy. 61%. I did not include Chloe Trujillo in that. I did not include Phil Toll in those numbers. There's a lot of our guests, dude, that I got to say hi to, hung out with, shot the shit, traded some picks with, traded some merch, and uh, had some good laughs with. That's awesome, man. And again, I wish I could have been there, but... I hope we see them in Vegas. And the first couple I ran into, keyword couple, when we checked into the hotel... Rick and Sam Kelly's United Airlines flight did not crash. They actually made it. Can you believe that shit? <laughs> That's awesome. I I mean, they survived. They survived their third, I mean, air, their third or fourth airplane flight in their life, and they're they're here to tell about it. Uh, remember what Shane has said. Statistically, my job is more dangerous than his. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> and, and 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 then some, and then some more. It's all a mental thing. I get it. I think so. I don't like heights. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
The funny thing is, is I can't be up on my roof, but I can be at 41,000 feet. Yeah, because you feel safe in there, but on your roof, you're like, uh-uh, this isn't right. I, I don't yeah, think I'm that's like, fucking safe. I'm putting it on the record. I don't think that's fucking safe. I trust this jet going 500 miles an hour, but I don't trust this shingle underneath my foot. Well, yeah, because if that shingle goes and you fall on your head. I just pictured Clark Griswold putting lights up and hanging by the eave spout. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Slipping down, his, his sleeve coming out. I pulled my set list up. What was your question? Oh, when it got a little lull in the middle of night one. Yeah, because, I mean, I don't know. I was feeling a little bummed while I was watching I'm on, that. I'm going to ask you how you felt while you watched. Okay, tell me tell me when you started to feel bummed, okay? Okay. Hit the lights. Creeping death. Trapped under ice. Sanitarium. Orion. Shortest straw. One. Yep. Sad but true. Yep. So intro tape to one, you went, wait a minute. As soon as the intro tape from one started, okay. I my first thought was, all right. I was surprised. If they're going to play this, it better be a badass fucking, you know, stage show. Nope, it wasn't. It was just some standard, just some, some shit, some flames, you know what I mean? Um, so I was like, some oh, gasoline. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, that, that wasn't really all that cool. And they play it. And then I see the guitar change come out. Man, Kirk's got the roads up. Like, I swear to God, if they if he starts going, I'm your dream. All the Jackson roads. Yeah, I'm like, oh. Yep. And then he starts singing it. And I'm like, God damn it. I'm like, well, here we go. This is a boring. I'm trying to think what guitar James had. He had uh, the, the chrome. chrome snake bite. And then following that, nothing else matters. That's when I started to get a little nervous. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't digging it there. Um, I just, you know, if you're doing... You know, a song from each. I'm not saying every song had. I mean, they could have done one, and then done. I would have rather hear instead of instead of holier, holier and uh, fuck. I un, well, they played Unforgiven the second night. Holier and wherever I may roam, I would have rather. Whoa, whoa, whoa! We're only talking about night one. Don't blow the cover. It's <laughs> all top secret shit here on a podcast for all. Right. Um, I need a throat transplant. I would have rather hear or rather heard, yeah, holier and even Rome over sad and nothing else. I mean, wow. I'm not saying Rome. They, well, I'm just saying I'm not. I I, I want Jeff to, Winslow is not a Rome fan. Everyone. Well, it's not that I'm not a Rome fan. It's just not my favorite. But I just I would have rather heard that than sad. Sad is kind of sad. It's a. I think it's a boring <laughs> song. It is kind of a piss break song. Like I won't but turn it, it off, but it is just. It, the, every time I hear the song, I'm like. I'm bored listening to it. <laughs> it was fun watching Nothing Else Matters hang. And I'll tell you, everyone around me was nervous because it was the same hang that they do in the Sandman. And we're all like, oh, God, please don't fucking go down that road. Yeah. And like the rest of the set end up being into King Nothing. Yeah. No, King Nothing. That was awesome to hear that. That was a great surprise. I was all I right. Was so I was all right. With, it was Sandman. Yep. I was all right with King. I was definitely all right with that. I was like, okay, okay, this is a comeback. And then we go from King into... I thought one sad and nothing were in there kind of for like the, let's keep the Amazon streaming crowd on yeah. the hits. Yeah. And then King, I'm like, okay, the train's back on the tracks. And then the... I was going to ask you, for the Amazon thing, could you see the video screens? Yeah. 
Yep. So, so whenever so what we saw, you saw. Yeah. So when it would do that, it would come up like full screen. So like my whole TV was what you were seeing on the you screen. You probably saw better shit than I did. Yeah. I saw Zarya in one of their videos. The, the TikTok for the intro. Yeah. I saw, I was like, what? I was like, what the <laughs> hell? I'm like, she made it into their yes. intro. I'm like, wow. It, yes. That's the thing that uh, it was narrated by Tom Morello, I think. Uh, Jason Momoa. Second night was Tom Morello. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was going to say first night. I'm pretty sure it was Jason That's cool. Momoa. That's cool. Yeah. So you're seeing like the fixer images with the nails and everything. Yeah, and they were showing. Yeah, they were showing. And you could see that stuff. Roar. They showed like the screens and then like certain certain times they'd show the screens like what you okay. guys were seeing. Like it'd be like an aerial view and then it would also be on some of them. It was like the full screen. So like you can see everything. So as soon as that tape started, your jaw dropped along with mine going, fuck, here we are. Yeah, yep. As soon as I heard the wheel, I was like, oh, shit. I like, I instantly got goosebumps. Like I did, too. I looked around at who I was standing with, and our, it, everyone in speech was like, don't tease us. This is, Here we are. We have arrived after two decades. It was cool hearing it, but have you gone back and watched... I knew you were going to bring this up. I have to bring it up. I it, Okay, put it this way. And I even messaged him earlier, a previous guest, messaged me about that after the show. Oh, you've been talking to alumni that... Did not, that also did not make it and watched it with me, Mr. Sam Gray. And I made sure. Oh, he, you're going to disclose his name. I had to see who you're talking to behind the curtain here. He, I asked him, I'm like, do you mind if I, if I mention our conversation about both nights and he's like yeah go ahead because we were thinking the same thing so i just want the reason why i bring it up is because i know i'm not the only one thinking this and obviously he is a major diehard diehard metallica fan and you know absolutely so how about them cowboys i right i get a message from him fixer was so bad they waited 20 years too late to attempt that one live james struggled valiant effort though and okay. I, and I said, I'm so glad I'm not the only one who thought that. I thought musically it sounded really good, but I, I definitely think it was too late on the vocal part of it, which I'm sure live, you know, it's you're in the moment. You're not. I mean, most of the people there were not focused on that aspect of it. But if you go back and watch it, he definitely he he was struggling and it was it was almost it was almost kind of sad to hear because, you know, it's like you, you get so excited to hear it and you're waiting and waiting and then you hear that and it's like you could tell he was really kind of Vince Neil in it a little bit. Jeff likes Jeff likes using the word sad, but true. But sad, but true. It's Jeff's theme for the night. So I was in your same ballpark as they were wrapping up Fixer and then it came to a cutoff. Mm-hmm. My phone lit up and, of course, this day and age, I can't not look at my phone and five people were like holy shit incredible and another five or six were like his vocal sounded like shit in a live setting it was fucking phenomenal they oh, could have played it they could have played it backwards upside down you know doing underwater basket weaving for all the characters just it would hearing be fucking it. crazy yeah just hearing it live and that's that aspect i definitely understand cuz it's like who who gives a shit you get to finally fucking hear it live like that's that's what Instru- it's all about Without the vocals, dude, I can tell they rehearsed the shit out of it because every part was 
98% spot on. It was very well played. Uh, yeah, they the um, solos, the weird, the weird parts, the effects was really well musically. Done. They did well. I noticed yes. that Lars fucked up on sad. He played something a measure too long. I think right before the solo. Like, don't let me. We'll come back to this. Did you watch how they had the restart frantic? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's weird. He, he they play fixer, which they never play, and they play it flawlessly. But he messes up on sad, and then. Well, they've only played that 45,000 times. And, like, you know, there's some songs that they play all the time where Kirk just botches the hell out of the solo. I got I to gotta go back a little bit. Shortest Straw solo, holy shit. Nailed it. Fucking perfect. It was, yes. it was so good. And when Straw started, I was two people away from Justin Hunt. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I, I said, Windows 95, bro, here we go. And he goes, eh, I'll be in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> oh man did dino go take a piss during orion we got to come back to that i love how this set list is just all over the board because yeah. there's so many fucking people and memories from this weekend oh man it's great i will say up until during sanitarium and orion brian silver our big time collector from chicago hmm. leaned over to me he goes does lars have something to prove tonight and i said dude he's playing He's playing like he has a lot to prove tonight because, you know, a couple weeks ago we were talking about how weak he was playing on Damage Inc. It was. It was really soft. These two shows, he he came out swinging like he had a lot to prove. He was playing hard. He was hitting hard. Yeah, it was like the he old had school a, Lars. He had a lot of aggression. And musically, both shows, I know we're only talking about night one, put Louder Than Life, Aftershock, Atlanta, Hollywood, all that shit to shame. They they really, I don't know if they thrive on that in the round setting or if they were that excited to actually play these songs. Okay, okay. That's, I mean. Sanitarium and Orion, he was swinging as hard as he I could. Feel like, I feel like the first half, definitely. I think, I think things got a little sloppy towards the end. I agree. Um, Not going to lie. We talked about, we'll get to it. There's another song on the set that it, it didn't, I mean, maybe in a live setting sounded great, but at home it did not sound very good. I'll also say I don't think for this weekend they were playing to a click like what we've heard in Louisville. No, it didn't seem like that. Aftershock, Atlanta, Hollywood, all that kind of stuff because Hit the Lights was where it should be, Creep was where it should be. Uh, I'll talk about night two later. I think Whiplash was still a little pulled back, kind of to that intro track. I tempo. felt like Creep was a little pulled back. It wasn't slow, but it definitely wasn't uh, through sure. the Never Speed. But when you end when traps <laughs> trapped under ice is hard for me to meter because I've never heard it. But when you get to those, when you get to the the endings and outros of Sanitarium and one when it's really trucking. Yeah, I mean it was it was where I prefer it to be compared to what we've heard earlier this year. There was a couple times I noticed. I'm a little disappointed in in Papa Het. He's he's not down picking everything like he used to. He's he's alternate picking stuff now, and I saw that, and it really I noticed that me last up. night on night two during a certain song he played literally twenty feet in front of me, in front of the mic we were at. Yep, and I'm like, why aren't you picking all that? It's a little little different kind of style going on there. I did notice that during one of their covers. I noticed it a little bit during night one, and I... When you're in your late 50s, dude, things don't work quite as right as they should. 
I don't know that yet because I'm just an old man at 40 and I can't talk and I need a throat transplant tonight. I definitely have my overall opinion on both shows. Obviously, I'm going to wait until the okay. end of the next episode to to give my final uh, synopsis on it. But I, What did you think of all the video imagery during... I loved how there was like a backing voice during Ecstasy. Yeah, that was cool. What do you think of all the images when they kind of had these movie breaks? I liked it. It seemed fitting considering, and I called it a few weeks ago on our episode, I said that you know I knew it wasn't going to be anything like what the 30th was. I, I, I called it no. that it was going to be just a regular show with some rare hit rare hits mixed in because if you think about you it did call that you did call that right on this money because I, I i it was it was it seemed like it it's like these arena shows and no guests came out the show i mean they didn't even do an encore like i i for sure thought especially night one i'm like all right yep here comes their encore and nope i'm like what the fuck like you thought there was two songs after spit i thought there were at least one more so did I. Like I thought at least at least seek or something. Like even if it would have been seek fine, but just like something. It's not surprising, but it is kind of weird like how big this weekend was and how, you know, there was a lot of shit going on. I know. Oh, oh dude. The, these the these two shows, Jeff, were 10% of my weekend. Exactly. And that's that's exhausted. I, I feel like that's the whole point of what this 40th was about was about the Metallica family getting together and doing these things, and it was more about that than it was the actual show. But you know, it would have been cool to see to see a little bit of, you know, guest appearances or something like that. I did tell Amanda, I said, as we're watching at night one, I'm like, if Jason Newstead walks on stage, I said, now that will be the point where I'm full on legitimately pissed that I didn't make it. <laughs> I went out for drinks on, when did I get there? My days are so discombobulated. I've been on the road for 11 days. Oh. Thursday, I went out with drinks Chit chat with Lars's tech, Mister Jimmy Clark. Had a hell of a time with him. Nice, nice. And he said, "Boys, I can't tell you anything, but you can ask as many questions as you want." I said, "I don't want to know anything. I want to be surprised." I said, "I want to be surprised. I don't want to know tunes. I don't. I don't want to know equipment or set list because he was at rehearsal earlier earlier in the day." Right. I said, "All I want to know is Jason Newstead in town." And he kind of hangs his head and shrugs his shoulders, like, mm, "No, no." I said, if he's not here, then nobody's here. Oh, yeah, no. If, yeah. And that was that. And you you hit it right on the head, like you said a couple weeks ago. And and that's all right. That's all right that it was that way. It's just, like I said, maybe he wasn't vaxxed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sorry, Jason. <laughs> we can't let you into this, to the city. Overall, I, I still think I, I've seen, obviously, from all the, all the guests that have been on the show and then. Bill was there and I saw him posting pictures as well and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like it mm -hmm. definitely looked like there was a lot of cool shit going on. I think this started by me asking you, what'd you think of the video images? <laughs> yeah, I see. Don't you love that? Only on in podcast for all where one question derail into a completely another or completely different conversation. Which one of me are you talking to? Exactly. I thought it was cool, dude. The production was over the top. You saw like there was three different tiers of like video screens. Of the video screens, arena. it looked it looked really badass. It was fucking overload, overkill. Anyway, we're talking fixer. It comes to a cutoff, and then it's time for a little garage ink tune. Just a little bit. 
And there's like, if I believe there was a movie or James Bantered before they went into Bread Fan. Yeah, something like that. I mean, by this point, we know they're going in order. So we're like, okay, here's the garage ink slot because obviously Fixer was the only reload tune. Well, and it's funny because James even commented about Fixer. What did he say? Something like... You know, some of the banter I missed because we were too busy chatting. So after Fixer, I don't know the exact quote. Someone can correct me on this, but it was something like, we don't... Tell a dad joke. He was like, we don't play this song and now you know why or something like that. That's what he said after. So I think he knew that he was struggling on the vocals. Yeah, that's funny. We were talking about this 10 minutes ago. Musically, it was great. When I went back to the hotel and kind of watched all the videos that were uploaded in the Amazon replay. Yeah. I can see why they don't play it live because those are some fucking high notes and that's Oh yeah, I get it. That's not that's not a live song. It's no, like a it, don't tread or a struggle. It's a song that I mean, I feel like it's a song that they should in a full on arena tour, it should have been a song that got thrown in like every ten to fifteen shows. Or maybe every, once a month. Or yeah, exactly. Like I could see that. You know, because people would want to hear it, but I'm sure they'll never play it again, but just the fact that they can cross that one off the list. Now they just got to do astronomy and <laughs> and lover man in my world. Exactly. I we'll get to that night too. <laughs> By the way, the lights go down. The intro tape to Fixer is about to start, yeah. and I see Jimmy go up with a ride symbol to put a little boom arm on crash symbol number four on the right side. And I'm like, Lars has not used a ride since the thirtieth. You're like, some serious shit is about to go down. So when I saw that, I'm like, this is... <laughs> and we're in the kind of the load era of yeah, the You're like, list. it's either going to be until it sleeps or, or fixer. There was a lot... There's a lot of people saying sleeps and a lot of people saying bleeding knee. All right. I'm like, well, they played King, so I hope they're onto the reload here. And, like, it's pretty weird when you see a ride-off to the right now above kind of like Tom 3 and 4 area. Yep, yep. He needs to bring it back. Anyway, bread fan... At that point, I pretty much said I'm gonna head for the exits because I'm done. I'm retiring. Yeah. What more does What more does Shane Obershaw need to hear in one set? But trapped, fix, bread fan. Good night. But you didn't leave. I did not. <laughs> I had alternative plans to stick around and hear Clover. <laughs> hey, I was very happy about that one. Played it very well too. They did play that one well. And and even the high notes in that one, see, now that's a song where you can tell that James sings it often enough that those high notes at the end, you yes. know, he hit them and they sounded fine. Not to go back to Fixer, but again, that's that, that song, I don't think people realize how that song was recorded in the studio. That's like a tread. That's like a struggle. That's like a misery. I mean, technically, he's, he's singing higher in, at the end of Clover, but it's just... That song, it has, I don't know. There's... But he's used to that area. Yeah, exactly. And that's why people were dogging on him and ragging on him as a keyboard warrior going, he didn't say every single lyric the correct way. It's like, well, dude, you got to take a breath in there somewhere. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not thinking as far as like how he was breathing or anything. It was just a, it was just the simple fact that you could just tell that it's not a song they play live. I mean, if that song would have got thrown in rotation, I'm sure it would have been a different story. I was happy, dude. I I don't think it's going to happen ever again. No, probably not. And that's I think that's one and done. And that's all right though. It'll be just like Crash Course. One time, <laughs> 1987 in the fucking 100 club in London somewhere. That, that would have been nice to hear this weekend. <laughs> and then I see Kirk and you probably saw us at the same time put on the old Red Les Paul. Yeah. 
Yep. And I thought, oh, this has got St. Anger written all over it. Yep. I, That's his go-to for those tunes. It is. And I knew it was going to be frantic just because they had been playing it recently. As soon as I saw that, I'm like, oh, it'll be frantic, which I was, I was still fine with. I mean, they killed it. It sounded great, but... It kind of surprised me. I thought they'd go a little bit deeper than that. So when they did start that, I was kind of like, eh, okay. You're like, I wasn't disappointed, but in my, you know how I think. You were probably like, I'm like, my fucking world, my world. Here yep, we go. <laughs> my world or fucking Sweet Amber. Unnamed. Invisible Kid. Yeah, something like that. Dude, Invisible Kid, that would have been cool to hear that. <laughs> Every, half the people would have been like, what, what song is like, this? What's this? Is this a cover? And a couple of people around me were like, come on, some kind of monster. I'm like, dude, that'd be amazing yeah, right now. And towards the end of the show. To hear the full version of it, too. Something slow and heavy like Scom. Yeah. Yeah, slow and heavy. There's some fast parts in it. And then they fucked up the intro, and I'm like, I love that because it shows they're human. Oh, absolutely. They're not robots. They're not God. They're you and I fucking up probably one of the easiest intros ever. It's like when <laughs> Allison Chains fucks up in the unplugged concert they get like oh, i love that. I part love of the that song part. and then all of a sudden you hear lane say they go ah fuck ah fuck it yeah <laughs> yeah fuck it <laughs> <laughs> frantic once they got the train back it was solid yeah and that's I, I felt good. and that's not to a click either that's up to kind of what i call old school temples and it was awesome and then we move into the next song day not going to lie, disappointed. I was way disappointed. I was like, of all the songs, I would have much rather heard BBS, yes. All Nightmare Long. Life, little heartbeat at the end kind of tape. Yeah, like how my set list was. That was just your life true. and Fixer. That's very true. I forgot about that. You know, Day is kind of like a sanitarium in one. It is, but it's just when not did they get to that? as good as sanitarium in one. True, but when they get to that last two, two and a half minutes, that's a fucking jamming moving song. It's a jamming song. That's a fucking metal song at the end there. I feel like, so like at the end of Sanitarium, that keeps me super intrigued in what I'm hearing, and same with the end of one, but for some reason, the end of day, it's not that it's bad, and there's some riffing in it, but it's just kind of meh to me. Like I, I feel when I hear that, I feel like how you feel when you hear Judas kiss. Like to me, like the riffs sound like forced together. Like the like it just like it's their leftover pile of riffs that they just want to force in the record. And they put a bunch of them at the end, and then just had Kirk solo over them. Like I said, it's not bad. I just I feel like I feel like that ending is kind of forced. But Kirk yes. does do some fucking shredding in that song, though. Remember our friend a couple weeks ago, Rob Seeley, the absolute death metal man from uh, Colorado? Yeah. Remember how he said he saw 18 songs on the Hardwired tour and never heard Spit Out the Bone? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I was right in his vicinity when the tape to Spit started. I have a video of Rob losing his mind that he doesn't know that I recorded of him for the entire song. So I think we're going to post that. What did you think of Spit, honestly? How did it sound there? Because this was the song that I said that I have I have something else to say about. I know the parts you're talking about. I don't think Spit was rehearsed as well as the rarities that we heard. Yeah. 
when that song's on and trucking and moving, it's good, but I think I know what you're going to say because there was a couple recovery points. I just thought it was sloppy, and that was another one that even Sam said. He said, dude, spit sounded god-awful. I hate how they play that. <laughs> <laughs> we need not only the Bob signal, but the Sam signal. I know. Sam needs to come in because, you know. He, I think Sam should read our hate mail. <laughs> hey, that would be a good, that'd be good. You know, and he even said, you know, he's like, it's just, it's just honesty, you know, about, you know, what you hear. And I think we heard something different, obviously, because we're hearing straight off the board, basically. So, you know, it obviously sounded different for us. And and he knows better than, than I do even like, there's no way that you can compare what we were hearing to what you guys were hearing. But there, there was something off with that song, and that's. I feel like that's why I wasn't too happy with how it ended because I feel like they didn't end on a very high note with that song. I thought there was something coming after that, hence why I wanted to record Mr. Seeley with his video and surprise him and have a good laugh. Yep. And then the song ends, and it's time to throw out picks, and I'm like, oh, they're going to do one more. But when you notice, there's a tech that brings one of James's vocal mics up to the drum riser for them all to say their little goodbye thing. Yep. I'm like, wait a minute, it's over. And a couple yeah, of people around me, they're like, they have two or three more. I'm like, dude, when that mic goes to the drum riser, it's, it's over. It's done. And there it was. And I'm like, holy shit, I was not expecting Spit to close out a 40th anniversary show. No, I wasn't either. Like, of all songs off that record, like, honestly, I would have been happier with Hardwire closing the night because I feel like it would have been tighter. I know, and that's that's a good point. That's and a good that's point. that's not fair for me to say because again, I wasn't actually in the arena, and for the, being in there, of course, you want you know spits a decently long. The energy song. was just off the charts. That's why. Oh yeah, I can imagine. When I go back and listen to those and watch YouTube, I'm like, ooh, that was a little rough, like what you heard. But again, it, it's a whole different vibe. It's for the people that are there. I mean, it was just a special treat that us that didn't make it were able to even see it. But yes, it's it's for the people yeah. that are there. And I'm sure the sound was just fucking incredible in there. It was it was pretty solid. The It's just the excitement of the energy when Trapped, Orion, oh, yeah. Straw, King, Fixer, Bread Fan, even frantic and spit start everyone's like oh fuck yeah you know we we don't have to we don't have to um mention any songs from night two but i gotta say before we go into that one part two okay i do think uh the set from night one was better well we should just have an in voting for all this week maybe we should have two in voting for all so people have a week to digest our part one and part two and then we can compare them and see how it goes. Yeah, yeah. You can kind of, you know, get your emotions out first, and then you can digest everything for a week and come back and maybe change your vote, just like, you know, Joe Biden did. (laughs) 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 Like the polls closed, and now it's time to get out the fake ballots from those suitcases underneath the tables kind of thing. Well, yeah, after all, he did say something (laughs) about uh, it's not about if you're... What is it? If you're eligible to vote, it's about who's counting the votes. He actually said, That's true. He said that. Remember back when you were a child and I was in my 20s, the hanging Chad issue between Bush and Gore because mm-hmm. my my fellow neighbors here in Florida didn't know how to punch out a little piece of paper in their fucking ballot. I do remember that whole controversy. And that was like held up for a while. I do remember that, yeah. A hanging Chad. Who came up with that name? Probably a Chad. I was gonna say probably a guy named Chad. Chad Zamich. <laughs> <laughs>
do you think we should do an in voting for all where we have have our uh, listeners vote between what set they liked better? Night one, night two? That's what I'm saying. We can have a vote this week, and then probably our same listeners and sub- subscribers might change their vote next week, and then we can compare the two. Because let's be honest, the next two or three weeks, we're going to be talking about the fucking 40th, dude. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And voting for all, polls open Thursday morning, closing late Thursday night with results on Friday. Go vote set list one versus set list two, even though we haven't even talked about two. It'll be a cool preliminary kind of thing to talk about next week. Absolutely. I agree. Where do you think you can get a throat transplant? Is that a thing? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's plenty of singers who have gone through throat surgery after blowing their voice out. I think uh, that's J- true. Jacoby from Papa Roach, Danny from Asking Alexandra. I mean, there's there's a bunch of dudes that's that have actually a, that's actually a good point. So maybe you might have to go th- go see a specialist. I don't know what they're called. Is it just a throat specialist? The ear, nose, and throat doctor. <laughs> so what you're saying is the Vicks vapor rub and the uh, throat uh, pills aren't enough to do a transplant. I don't. I don't know if Vicks vapor rub is what you need if you're not sick. Isn't that for when you're sick? Halls. I think you, Halls Vicks. What's the fucking lozenges? Well, Halls. We need a, Vicks is the vapo rub. Vapo rub. Vapo rub. Vapo rub. I've always wondered when Shaquille O'Neal says, hey, put this gel on your shoulder. It'll make you feel better. It's like, does that shit do anything? Oh, that's Icy Hot. Yeah, that shit fucking works. That's what it is. Yeah, the Icy Hot. They got the patches, <laughs> the rollers, the cream, the gel. You've used that? I, yeah. I've, yeah. Interesting. I've never used that stuff. It's really weird because it gets really fucking hot or cold and then hot, icy hot. Yeah, it starts off cold and it gets hot or something. Yeah, I don't know. It's been a long time. It starts off trapped under ice and then it gets like hotter than hell. Yeah. Hot, hot, hotter than hell. Okay. <laughs> uh, speaking of in voting for all, Jeff, over the last 20 weeks, you came up with 36 songs. We had, what, 20 scenarios? Does that sound right? Yeah, 20 weeks. Um, This weekend, I hate to say this, but only six of your 36 that was eligible for votes were played. And only five out of the 36 our subscribers, listeners, and fans voted for. Well, I think that's low. I think in that's a little low. That's, Those are not good numbers. That's not a passing. That that's where you ask if they grade on a curve at that point. And the songs were Straw, Fixer, Dirty Window, Creeping Death, and Master of Puppets. I like grading on Winslow's curve. Yeah, exactly. I got to give a shout out to a future couple that I met in the lobby on Saturday. Check this out. They listened to us going to work for 45 minutes and then listened to us coming home every Wednesday from work. They haven't missed an episode wow. in their commute. They're from West Virginia. Their names are Zach and Katie. I believe their last name's even Carpenter. Guess where they work? And I want to bring them on. Where do they work? A state prison. Oh, damn. They're in corrections. Damn, a little saying angry. That's exactly what I was... You read my mind. I said, we got to have you on for the San Quentin episode. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Good for them. They That's awesome. They haven't They haven't missed a show. Thank you for Zach listening. Katie. I mean, how cool is that when you're when you're going to work in a prison and you spend basically your day incarcerated and then drive home? You're going to listen to Shane and Jeff for that whole Wednesday? Wow. 
that's some serious commitment because we don't ever have anything good to say. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Maybe they should get a drink. Uh, ugh, can't even talk. See? Maybe we should get a. They should get a job transfer to San Quentin. I don't know if they want to work there. Well, it's all about the show and recreating and recreate <laughs> recreating Saint Anger. I think if they were true fans, they would you know move to the Bay Area. Yeah, they got. It. Hey, we're coming up on the 20th anniversary for Saint Anger. <laughs> Zach and Katie Nora, West Virginia, you're off to Oakland. Hey, as long as Metallica plays St. Anger in its entirety for the 20th of it. San Rafael, I think it's time to move. Yeah. So as you're driving right now, you two listening to this, just do a U-turn and just start heading west. Sure, your taxes may increase, but hey, cost of living's higher too. And you know what? Don't worry, there's plenty of poo. There's plenty of poo, just like in probably most prisons. And I'm guessing that San Quentin's a little nastier than West Virginia on a scale of, what do they call that? Medium security, maximum security, and then super max? Yeah. And They'd probably get a pay raise, so why why wouldn't you move, guys? Come on, get with the times. Yeah, from West Virginia, where they're basically free to, uh, and not that the prisoners, I, I'm talking about them. They're free. You're going to go from meth addicts to multi-murderers. You're going to go from freedom to communism. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm sorry. I shouldn't say that. Jeff's talking about the city, not the prison. I'm talking about cities. I'm talking about the states going from West Virginia to California. Let's just clarify that. I was trying to say it without actually saying it, but I might as well just say it because everybody knows what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying if you know what I'm saying if you know what I'm saying. 80 or 90 times. It's too many times. It's too many times. 80 or 90 times is, is once or twice is cool, but 80 or 90, 80 times, 90 times, man. A little shout out to J-Rock, TPB. Sunnyvale, straight the fuck up. Dude, I don't, I don't mean to gloat or show off, but I have to share with our audience that you are listening to one of the grand first place champions of Metallica's 2021 trivia for all Met Clubbers. In the San Francisco takeover. Thank you very much. That's right. Congratulations. We need to get you a little trophy. Thank you. We need to, you know, do an interview with you. Tell us about what you got. I think you should have me on next week and ask me all those questions again and see if I remember half of them because I had team members that without them, it wouldn't happen. We're basically calling ourselves the dream team, if you're wondering. Oh, the dream team. Okay. Yes. This can You're not the mean team? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> dude we were going up against uh to live is to dfw chapter we we're going up against a chapter from chile and a chapter from brazil and there was four or five other teams i'm sorry i don't remember where you're from but and what were you guys were you guys like the outcasts of just like a bunch of like different chapter people all together well in chapter <laughs> the bob signal was a team member mr bob work from chicago Good. golf clap yep Jason Garkowski, Dyer's Cleave, golf clap. Jason's beautiful woman, Val LeClaire, team member number four. Another golf clap. So Shane, Bob, Jason, and Val decided to call ourselves Dyer's Cleave for all. Okay. See, I like where that's going. We're staying in the... And podcast for all, and Justice Dyer's Cleve. See, man, you guys are... See? Yeah. 
I like you love that. You love that justice scene. That was basically a tribute to Jeff because you weren't there. Oh, thank you guys. You know what? You guys are subliminally thinking about me. I think we should combine all our prizes we got from Stefan Shirazi and the whole So What Met Club team and just mail them to Jeff right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Four <laughs> rounds of trivia, bud, over over three hours of basically playing Jump in the Fire. That's crazy. Live, in a live setting. That's crazy. <laughs> Shane yelled out, bingo. Oh, wait, wrong game. Oh, dude, I was pumped. So before it started, Stefan, we all know who Stefan Shirazi is, the So What editor over the last... 30 years now? Holy shit, where'd that time go? 25 years or so? Right. We're in this Mexican restaurant in downtown Frisco. Mm-hmm. And we're in a booth, and we got chips and guac. And Well, I don't eat guac. You know how I'm a picky eater. You don't eat anything that's green. No, that shit will kill you. <laughs> yeah, we're drinking, and, you know, friends are over here. There's one, two, th- there's seven of us in the booth having a great time. And then Stefan goes, all right, it's time to start. This is kind of the trivia where you each get four pieces of paper for four different rounds, and you work as a team at your table. And then after each round, you turn them in. It's kind of like bar trivia. Okay, yep. And Stefan, <clears throat> in his all-within-my-hand sponsored helper, tell us what the prizes are before it starts. So leading up to it, we're like, oh, this is cool. This is casual, kind of a, a small setting. And there's probably 5, 10, 50, 20, 20. There's probably 60, 70 people in the room for this whole trivia event. Damn, that's a decent amount. Well, we've got some uh, first, second, and third place prizes. Second and third place include like a coffee mug that says in coffee for all on it. One of Lars's drumsticks. Used guitar strings. Five or ten Metallica picks in a bag, kind of just an assorted package. A blackened winter beanie hat, which I would never wear in Florida, so I'll ship that to you. <laughs> and they said everything for first place is included, but in addition, signed drum heads for all four people that finished first. Oh, man, that's so cool. So basically, Bob and Jason and I looked at each other and got very fucking serious fast. You're like, wait a minute, it's time to get competitive right now. Well, you know me, I'm a little more than competitive when it comes to trivia shit. You're competitive in general, but yeah, especially now you're like, okay, and I yep. get to win something good that I want? Oh, game on, motherfucker. Yep, and just it was just one of those moments where I looked at Baba Jason and I said, this isn't a novelty anymore, it's time to fucking clock in and let's get to work. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys took home the W. I think I want to save the questions for a future episode because I have the entire thing recorded on my phone with all the answer sheets recorded as well. Jeez. I will say Stefan stole about four or five of our identical jump in the fire questions, Jeff. See, he must have been listening. I think they are. They're they're on to us. This is the fifth time we'll have to get the legal team involved. They're tapping in, you know. They all of a sudden they see Riverside pop up and they're like, oh boy. The motherfuckers are back at it again. We better better see what they're up to. They are back at it, and we don't know what they're up to, so let's just copy them. You see, Kirk probably brought it to their attention. He said, hey, man, listen, I learn all these solos on YouTube, and there's all these people talking about us. True. It's true. He's like, we better put our, put our ear to the streets. Most teams out of 50, 60 questions finished within four or five points of each other. That shows you how strong the competition was. Very 
well-prepared teams that were not fucking around. We all knew our shit. I got to admit, you you, sh- you sent me a couple of the questions, and they were oh, tough. Was... There were some tough questions. Even the ones that you sent me, I was like, damn. I'm like, fuck, I don't know if I, if I would have known those. Without Jason and Bob, uh, probably on my own, I probably would have finished third or fourth. And I'm thinking they'll probably say vice versa. If, if you didn't have the dream team, you, you'd be in trouble. You guys definitely are the dream team. I'll give you an example of a couple hard questions. What is the actual Enter Sandman old man in the video? Yeah. What's his name in real life? Yeah, see, I don't. I have no idea. That's why you have Bob O'Rourke on your team, because he's a movie buff. I know movies, but I don't know that guy. Well, knowing Bob, he turned to Jason, and I, like him and I were stupid, and he goes, duh, R.G. Armstrong. And I went, never heard of him, but I'll write that on the paper. I trust you. <laughs> I give it to Bob. Bob Bob's movie knowledge is is In, next level, and there's not many people Aaron that, I meet that I feel like I could talk movies with like that. Yeah, Bob and Aaron both. Like, man, those guys know movies. It's awesome. I love it. And when it came to really, really early knowledge, I had a little bit of confusion. Not the song, but actual you know <laughs> mind confusion. Uh, Garkowski knows the very early age trivia when it comes to demos and what versions of songs are on those particular demos that I struggled with. He fucking nailed it. That's awesome, man. Nailed the shit. Fuck yeah, dude. A question none of us knew when they lived at 3132 around the Lightning Puppets era, what was James's dog's name? Buster Douglas. I don't know. <laughs> I said Hank. <laughs> Hank Hill? <laughs> what, what was it? Clyde. Clyde. Wow. Oh, sorry. Clive. I still don't know the answer. Clive. Clive Baker. And that's deep in the Master of Puppets box set book. So there's some examples of questions that I think we're going to touch soon. I would struggle on some of these. I'm not going to lie, but it'll be fun to hear some of them. Oh, dude, it was a team effort when we won. You know when I do that kind of Tiger Woods fist pump, and I'm like, wow! (laughs) I was fucking pumped. I think I ended up actually punching Bob and Jason in celebration, and they're like, (laughs) dude, you just injured me. Like, Shane, you just punched me. You're like, it's all good. I was so pumped. (laughs) He said, I know the feeling. You can't fuck with the dream team. (laughs) Got this. Oh, man, you guys should have been recording that shit. You should have gone at for live for that. I have footage of him. Uh, I have footage of us finding out that we won. That needs, so that, that needs to get be, posted with, with episode two or with this of, one. That's true. I'm kind of scared to post that because that'll be video evidence of straight up assault on I Bob mean, and Jason. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't think they're going to sue you. You don't think so? No, no. I think they like you a little bit. Just a little bit. Remember your favorite episode with the sports professor, Mr. Matthew Zimmerman? Yes. Great episode. Finally got to meet him and his wife in person. Great people. Um, He says he misses you. I said, dude, you don't realize Jeff misses you more because I think that's in Jeff's top three episodes. It was a great episode. He was a great guest, and I'd love to have him back for part two sometime soon. You just want to talk sports. You don't want to talk Metallica. He knows a a thing or two about a thing or two. (laughs) A thing... Or a thing or two. Or three. <laughs> or three. He's yeah. a professor. That means he has 
multiple degrees that you and I don't have. That we don't have, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's what scares me because you talk to someone like that and I just have to tune out going, dude, that's that's above my level. That's jumping the fire doctorate degree kind of level. Yeah, that's, that's smarter than us. We just play music and drive and fly. That's all we do. Jeff and I like windshield time. Yeah, exactly. Wind chill time. Yeah, yeah, the windshield out tonight. We celebrated our trivia victory glor- glor- gloriously. Is that a, is that a gloriously. word? Gloriously. Glorlessly? <laughs> gloriously? That's a word. <laughs> sure. Add that to my list of things I don't know how to say, especially when my throat's all fucked up. It's all right. You can be as alliterative as you want. I can't even talk tonight either. <laughs> this is a metal podcast, okay? We don't we don't talk intellectually. It's the way you should talk. We just we just talk gooder and badder. We celebrated. We went out afterwards with Jimmy Clark. I went to bed saying I'm going to sleep in because it's been a long day of flying and traveling and being on the dream team. Dude, you didn't sleep in though. I woke up at 7.30 to find out that there wasn't many people in line at a liquor store on the other side of town to get a blackened bottle signed by all four members because they only had 200, 200 bottles signed by all four. And uh, you got your hands on one of those. I saw the picture. I did. I stood in line for two hours and fucking mission complete. Hmm. I've already been offered $2,000 for it. Should I sell it? Not till it gets up to like four or five. I was thinking like two million. Two million. If you get like 10, 20 grand for it, I'd say that's worth it. I only bought it for, I bought three bottles in the complete set for like $217. If you could sell the whole thing for like 5K, definitely do it. Well, the other two bottles aren't anything special, so I don't know why it came that way, but. Because the other two are meant for Lloyd and Ron. (laughs) (laughs) Dave doesn't get a sip. No, no, Dave doesn't want anything to do with that, but Lloyd and Ron, they might want to get a little silver Sharpie on there. And I'll tell you what, I would take a Ron McGovney signed bottle of black and whiskey. I think Ron should have his own batch. Yeah, I mean, they all should. It'll be like batch minus four. Can we get a batch extra new kid? A new kid batch? A new kid batch. Why don't we have an podcast for all batch? APFA 200. Yeah, you guys can call it the copyrighted. Well, they've copyrighted everything else that you and I have created on the show. Exactly. I mean, hell, at this point, we created Metallica. Let's be real. People that are new to the show don't realize that you and I have segments called The Song That Should Not Be, The Dream No More set list. Jump in the Fire Trivia, Name That Low Man Lyric. A new segment we just started is called Free Speech for the Dumb. I, I have some material that I think you're familiar with. Yes. I was. It's funny you say that because... This is the dumbest thing you've seen on the internet this week. I was just thinking about that. David Lee Roth... Yes, that's what it was. That one. Yes, I knew. ...is walking down <laughs> a... Ho- it looks like a swanky hotel hallway. Is he... Where's he playing or doing a residency at? It's in. It was in Vegas. I think he re, okay. or he's retiring soon or something like that. He looks like he's 197, and he does not look like David Lee Roth from even five years ago. Real quick, you something I didn't know about him. I didn't know that starting halfway on his arm, both sides, all the way up his arm, and all the way down his back, the back of his body, he's completely tattooed. Do you know that? 
I did not. Is it something cool or just something ridiculous? It's like some... He got it when he was in living in Japan, I believe, and some of it he got done like the old school way where they like fucking like hammer and chisel that shit into you. Come on, dude. Swear to God, listen to him on Rogan's podcast. He talks about it, and I didn't even know he had tattoos. The dude's fucking covered. Did you hear I got a shotgun pulled on my ass? No way. Swear to God. Swear to God. You said it just like that was perfect. (laughs) So anyway, David Lee's walking down this hotel hallway with kind of looks like a personal assistant maybe a security guard going to his room for the night yeah and this hotel suite is blasting van halen and he decides to knock on their door and surprise them and (laughs) it's so great (laughs) he knocks on the door and they answer the door and they're like can we help you and the the van halen is absolutely cranked it's something off of like 1984 i swear i couldn't tell what it was but it's it's old school eddie riffin going on and you see that guy in his boxers, like, can I help you? Oh, yeah, he has no idea. And David's like, hey, I just heard some Van Halen and wanted to check it out. And he's like, oh, okay, is it too loud? And he's like, no, no, I, I just wanted to say thanks for cranking the Van Halen. It makes me feel good. And you can tell there's like a group of four or five guys out they on the balcony, no like, drinking. They have no idea. And they're like, yeah, go away. You look like the hotel manager. <laughs> yeah, and it's David Lee fucking Roth. <laughs> Oh, my God, dude. And then he walks to, like, the elevator, and I think another guy comes out to shake his hand. But I still think that he doesn't know that that's David Lee Roth. I think he's trying to, like, kiss his ass and say, please don't call security or get us kicked out. I'm sorry. Yeah, we're sorry for being noisy, (laughs) Mr. David Lee Hotel Manager. (laughs) Yeah, I know. When you tagged me and that I saw that, I was like, oh, my God, this is literally, it's absolutely asinine. It's so funny. Hence the name. Welcome to the free speech for the dumb segment, season six, episode eleven. It's almost like our version of that MTV show Ridiculousness. Rob Deerdick, the skateboard yes. dude, and you know he, they all the crazy videos and shit. It's like yes, we see dumb shit every single day. What is the dumbest thing or the craziest thing or whatever, baby? You know what I mean? It's just <laughs> it's half half dumb, half funny. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Imagine how that person feels now realize. It's like the guy who asked Eddie Van Halen to take a picture of him. Do you remember that? That was a few years back. That was at a Tool concert. Yeah, and he's asking, like, hey, can you take a picture? And all of a sudden, it's it's Eddie Van Halen. The dude has no idea. Yeah, and it, I think it was after the show. He wanted to take the pic. He wanted to take a picture with the house lights on of the production being like torn down. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and asked Eddie to take a picture. And I think uh, Eddie's kid is the one that posted that. Going check out this dude. Ask my dad to take a photo. I have no fucking clue who either of us, either of us are. And it's really funny though because now it's it happened to Eddie, happened to David Lee Roth. You know, it happens. It's funny. There's actually like I've seen. Like the Maybe little, that's the sign of getting old. Or it's just, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's actually probably what it is, these new generations. Tony Hawk, he literally goes out, and there's, like, videos or, like, tweets and just, like, all a bunch of stuff that people have no idea who he is. He he went out one time and... And he so, still looks the same. He looks the same, and someone's like, oh, you look like that guy that used to be famous, Tony Hawk, that skateboarder, and they'll say that to him. Yeah, uh-oh. And dude's worth like, you know, a couple hundred million dollars. He's worth like so much money and he's the most famous skateboarder of all time, but people don't even recognize that it's him. 
but plays it cool and go, yeah, have a good day. Check you later. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, check you later. <laughs> I couldn't imagine being that rich and famous like David Lee Roth and then having that, that happen. Like, I wonder what he thinks. Just shunned. Do you think he... Do you think he sees it as like, oh, I can't believe they didn't recognize me? Or do you think he sees it as, thank God, I'm still a human. Like, I'm still, you know, I wonder if that's what keeps some of these famous people humble. Well, after this weekend and Podcast for All, it was so famous in San Francisco. Now I know how David Lee feels. Because well, I was just, I was swarmed. There was paparazzis. There was except they weren't swarming David Lee. You, feel, you know how David Lee Roth felt in 84. Exactly. But but dude, I'm I'm telling you this weekend the camera flashes. I th- I think all the flashes of what has affected my throat. There was so much light on my face. The spotlight's bright, ain't it, bro? What did Getty say? Living in the limelight. Well put. Exactly. See, at the limelight. I have to let you in on a little secret that people are probably finding out now. At the end of night one, since we're talking about night one show. When Kirk and Rob empty their solo cups of picks, yeah, I took a handful of fifty to seventy and podcasts for all new picks designed by Larry Levine and tossed them in the same area as Rob and Kirk's area was being thrown. Hmm, you're disappointing a lot of people that thought they got something significant, and now they got something really significant. <laughs> Great way to promote the podcast, but how many people dove and fought on the floor for picks only to come up with a Jeff and Shane app for pick? Hey, <laughs> they hate us because they ain't us. Oh, dude! What, what folks? If you if you got an in podcast for all pick, and now you have just tuned into the show, it 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 worked. It came full circle. You heard Shane with no voice tonight. You heard us. You heard Jeff pretty much break down James's vocal ability on Fixer. Oh, it, liked it or it, not? It's not. It's no hate. It's no hate. Welcome to the po- in podcast for all family. We're glad you're here. We're glad you've checked it out. We, as Jeff said, like, click, subscribe. Don't leave a five star review. Leave a seven, seven. star review. It's always seven. One and for every day of the week. That's true. Well, why wouldn't you listen to us every day of the week? Exactly. There's too much to, there's too much to chat about, and especially if you're a new listener, there's plenty of episodes for you to you know the back catalog. Please. Know. Speaking of uh, prior guests on Podcast for All, I checked out the wedding band with our friend Doc Coyle uh, playing rhythm guitar the other night. Yeah, was he was he rocking out? Was he doing good? Dude, that wedding band is no joke. I, it's it's kind of a joke, fun cover but band. It's like a joke, but no joke. They are fucking amazing. It, it, it exceeded my expectations. I love Kirk's white two in the morning. SG that he was playing. Yes. Dude looks, and dude looks bad with his Ang- Angus Young style. Kurt came out in like a yellow jumpsuit like he was in his pajamas. Hence, it was one in the morning after night one. I mean, we all went over to the Fillmore and, you know, they went on stage at 1230 and played till 230. It was a a long night, but, dude, that band exceeded all my expectations. There's some some serious talent on that stage. Oh, absolutely. See Rob's uh, four-string kind of off pink sparkle kind of cream bass? I saw some pictures of it. I like it. I like it. It's awesome, dude. Like I said, I like that. I like the white SG. I'd love to see Kirk bring out a white SG at a Metallica show. I think it'd be fun. Dude, when you're playing Robert Palmer and Sabbath covers at the Fillmore with Rob, Kirk, Coyle. Yeah, I mean. uh, Theodore. It was was fucking awesome. That's a dream team right there. It was. Speaking of dream team, it it was phenomenal. 
they played for two and a half hours with about a 15 minute break and it was it was slamming it was it was cool to check out cool to be back in the film again too good memories there hell yeah man that's awesome any more else you want to touch on mr winslow before i go get my throat treatment at midnight on the east coast no no i think it was a great episode we recap night one come back next week for for night two and absolutely you know take a couple days off my friend rest your voice and and we'll get back to it when when you're feeling better it's christmas time or some shit what do you what's on your wish list before we go because christmas is right around the corner i think santa's already on the way yeah i think santa is on the way and i don't know i this year i don't really have much of a wish list it's not not a Bigsby, not a Telecaster. No, yeah, no, no music gear. I feel like I have enough that I can't maintain. I'd say you're set with gear. Yeah, yeah, I have enough. BMW, Toyota Corolla. Yeah, I'd love a new car. That's that's not going to happen. Yeah, no, nothing. Tesla Model X. <laughs> nothing in particular for me this year. So whatever I and that's I actually like those years better because then whatever I get, it's a it's a legit surprise. So. Yeah, you don't you don't you're not expecting anything. I'm not. I'm not. So if I get anything, that'll be cool. My I, my Christmas gift to myself was the 40th anniversary. That's a hell of a Christmas gift. That's a, that's a way to kind of finish up 2021. It's definitely uh you know, I I don't think of many ways that you could go out with a bang like that. So that's the way to end it, man. Hey Jeff, I saw in the news that an airline pilot saw Santa on his radar. Are you serious, Clark? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a wrap. Dude, have a great Christmas. You as well. Let's uh, meet back here next week for more 40th anniversary shenanigans. Maybe my throat's better, and we will talk about finger snap. That's right, night two. Night number two. Sounds good, man. All right, dude. Check you later. Check you later. See you, man. With some-